This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. I'm Mike Ross filling in for Dave, who is off today. And every other week, we check in with someone from the Center for Equitable Library Access to fill us in about the latest available accessible reading material. Today, we're speaking to CELA Communications Manager, Karen McKay. Hi, Karen. Hello, how are you? I'm great, thank you. Great to have you back here with us on uh, a great Friday. And we're going to start with, uh, uh, you're going to tell us about a writer named David Robertson, who's really having a a month to remember here. He won the TD Canadian Children's Literature Award and has been appointed to a job within the publishing industry. So tell us more about that. Yeah, so folks will probably know David Robertson. He's written a number of books, some for kids, some for um, young adult readers, and also for adults. Uh, and he's been around in the Canadian literary scene for mm, two decades now, I think. Um, so he's set to become the editorial director of a new children's imprint dedicated to publishing Indigenous writers at Penguin Random House Canada. And what I think he's going to bring to this job and to this role is that he has a very nuanced perspective um, to the work. He's really well-respected. He's award-winning author. He's won numerous awards. Um, but he's also had his work challenged by at least two different school boards. And so he's really aware of the kinds of barriers and roadblocks that Indigenous authors face. I think he'll be able to nurture like a really diverse collection of stories and authors. We know how important it is for kids to see themselves in literature. Um, but if they're not Indigenous in this case, we also know how important it is for all of us really to be able to connect with uh, really diverse and authentic characters because that's the way that we develop empathy. And so I'm really thrilled that he's in this position. I can't think of a better author to to lead this, um, this new initiative. And I think that he'll bring a real um, authenticity and, uh, you know, a real, um, like I'm, I'm struggling for the word, but I just, I'm really excited about the, the prospect of this new publishing venture it sounds like the impact that uh, that he's going to have is pretty pretty tremendous I imagine that it will be, and I think it'll be a, a nice shift. Um, you know, some Indigenous literature, we, we get a lot about um, stories from residential schools and, and, you know, really often very heavy things. And I think that he'll bring a diversity of stories um, to to our attention, which I think is really important. Now, I think the last time you and I spoke, we were talking about the Scotiabank Giller Prize. We were talking about a long list, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. But now we've got the short list, which was announced for the best Canadian novel, graphic novel, or short story collection published in English. So who made that list? So there's five on the shortlist, and what's interesting about the shortlist is that um, women actually dominate this year's shortlist, and there is uh, two short story collections and three novels, and two of those novels are debut novels. So we have a really interesting collection. So the first one I want to tell you is Kim Fu, and she has a short story collection called The Lesser Known Monsters of the 21st Century, which contains 12 wildly imaginative stories that bring together science fiction, fantasy, and even some crime fiction. 
The second one is the other short story collection. It's by Rowie Hodge, and his stories take us around the world to Montreal, Tokyo, Beirut, Berlin. The characters are all sort of restless travelers who are looking to find authentic connections. And then we have we measure the earth with our bodies by Tezrin Yazom Lama, and it's a complex and profound debut novel about a Tibetan family through um, journey through exile. Suzanne Marr has a novel called The Sleeping Car Porter, which is about a queer Canadian black sleeping car porter who has to serve white passengers when their travel plans go awry. And the last one is Noor Naga. She has a, a debut novel, If Egyptians Cannot Speak English. And this book traces the story of two lovers as they return to Egypt following the Arab Spring. So a really diverse collection of books. I'm really excited to see who comes out the winner on this one. And that'll be November 7th, right? Is I believe the mm-hmm. uh, the uh, the announcement date? Yeah, there's a big gala. I think you can watch it online, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so yeah, very interesting. And the, if you go to the Scotiabank Will Giller website, they have um, something called Between the Covers. You can get tickets to hear the authors speak. Uh, they do a lot of um, promotion around this, and so there's lots of ways to interact with the books and with the authors. ScotiabankGillerPrize.ca is that website if you are interested. Now let's talk Sela featured titles, and as as always, we like to wrap up our segment with you uh, going over some featured titles. And this week's theme is all about observing World Mental Health Day, which is coming up on Monday. So what recommendations do you have along those lines? So I picked a few that I thought folks would be interested in. The first one is called Notes from a Nervous Planet by Matt Haig. And it's the follow-up to a very successful memoir he had called Reasons to Stay Alive, where he talks about his own mental health struggles and his own um, suicide ideation. So in this book, he sort of takes a step back and he takes a look at the societal, the environmental, and the cultural influences on our mental health. So his observations are that we're I think it's common knowledge that we're living in an increasingly um, challenging world that makes our minds ill. It's though we have to live through, uh, you know, too much information. We have all sorts of things coming at us. Um, There's climate crisis. There's obviously COVID. So when Matt sort of developed his panic disorder and anxiety, he took a long look at the ways that all these external factors were impacting him both positively and negatively. And this book is his collection of observations. So he takes a look at everything from inequality to social media and the news to things like how we sleep, how we exercise, even the distinction we draw between our minds and our bodies. One of the things I really like about this book is that it talks about the fact that um, reading is a really fantastic way to provide an escape and an opportunity to think immersively without distraction, something that he argues our minds really need. He also does a fantastic job of intentionally deconstructing the idea that mental health or mental illness is a weakness or a flaw and needs to be something that's shameful or secret. He's very, very open about his own struggles. And so he addresses all of this topic with an authenticity and a a writer's observation that I think is really an important part uh, to bring to this conversation. So I highly recommend this one. Now, we've also got, um, along with notes of a nervous planet, maybe you should talk to someone, a therapist, her therapist, and our lives revealed by Lori Gottlieb. Yeah, so Lori Gottlieb is a best-selling author. She's a psychotherapist, and she's also a national advice 
uh, columnist. And this book is, um, at its core, it's funny, which I think is something we need to bring to the discussion about mental illness, is that, you know, there are ways to um, to infuse humor, and humor is a, an excellent anecdote. So um, this book really is about Lori's life as a therapist, and then she's meeting with all of these somewhat quirky clients in, in Los Angeles. And then her fiance breaks off their engagement and she realizes that she's struggling to cope. cope. So she goes to her own therapist named Wendell, who she says he's right at essential casting. He's got a balding head, a cardigan, wears khakis, but he's actually very, has a very profound impact on her life. So this book alternates between Gottlieb's experiences on both sides of the couch as a therapist and as a patient. We get to meet some of her patients. There's a self-absorbed Hollywood producer, a young newlywed diagnosed with a terminal illness, um, a senior citizen who's threatening to end her life, and a 20-something who can't stop hooking up with the wrong kind of guys. And so her experience guiding these folks towards their through their own therapy, uh, she starts to, to, to reveal that the questions that her patients are struggling with are actually the ones that she's also bringing to her own therapist, to Wendell. So what I love is that through the process, this reader gets a chance, the reader gets a chance to see how your therapist is not there to tell you what to do, but to help you recognize your own patterns. It's funny, it's candid, it's honest, it's very personal, and I think it's quite illuminating. If you've ever wondered if therapy is for you, this might be a good book to pick up. And lastly, just briefly here, we've got This Is How We Love by Lisa Moore, which is a a fiction book. It is. So I was talking with a girlfriend about this book and our conversation strayed into the topics of resiliency and mental health. So the the story behind this book is there's a 21-year-old young man. He's beaten and stabbed in a vicious attack. His mother flies home from Mexico just before things shut down for COVID to be with him. And then a video of the attack surfaces and his mother's trying to make sense of what she sees and what she can't make what she can't quite make out. So the book really delves into the patterns of our childhood, um, neglect, loss, generosity, and uh, all different types of families. There's a number of different kinds of families that are illuminated in this story. The book rotates between various characters' perspectives, which is something that Moore is really skilled at. And so I think that what we come away from this book with is just what do we owe one another and can we ever step off the path of childhood circumstances? So it's an excellent book. And we're going to share another one here on our blog. Uh, One Good Reason, a memoir of addiction and recovery, music and love by Sean McCann. That's at ami.ca slash now blog, where you can find information on all the uh, uh, titles that Karen has brought to us here today. Karen, really appreciate it. A great title list here. And uh, wish you and yours a very happy Thanksgiving weekend as well. And we'll talk to you again soon. Take care. All right, Karen McKay, Communications Manager for the Center for Equitable Library Access, and you can follow uh, Sela on Twitter, at Sela Library. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern Time on AMI-tv. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider.